Menuchim Abayim Rabotai Welcome to a special edition of our Thursday night class Our custom on the Thursday night class Is that when there's an upcoming Hag uh, That preempts the regular schedule of Parashat Shavua. Now I know last week also we talked about Purim Because uh, it's a big, big topic And uh, there's a lot to say and uh, I haven't exhausted yet all my uh, ideas that I want to reveal. So tonight, Ba'azat Hashem, we'll consider this the mental preparation for Hagapurim, Tafshin Peh, Last week, if you remember, I brought a Gemara down in Hulin. A Gemara that I'm always fascinated with. And the Gemara says, Haman mena Torah minayim. Where do you find Haman from the Torah? And uh, we went through different sources where he's alluded to. Whether it's Hamina'etz, or Vayuchlu Ataman, the actual manna that fell. And we went and explained some uh, some ideas. So I thought to myself, after the shield, why can't we ask a more general question? Purim minat Torah minayin. Now the Gemara doesn't ask that. The Gemara already finds one villain, one character, Haman in the Torah minayin. Okay, now if Haman's in the Torah, so I assume that Purim's got to be in the Torah as well. And the basis of that is that whatever is in the creation has to be in the blueprint. And since the Torah is the blueprint of the creation, so in there it's going to mention. And I opened up uh, right away Parashat Pinhas. Pinhas is the Parashat of the Mu'adot. And uh, to my chagrin, I was not able to locate a Purim over there. So I said, you know what? I'm going to spend some time uh, in between raising money for the shul this week. But Baruch Hashem, that's uh, behind us now. We can put our more focus now on the Shurim. And I said, I'm going to look for Purim in the Torah. Purim in the Torah. Minah. So I started. Parashat Bereshit. Nothing. Aminahitz. Okay, Haman is there. Noah. Nothing. The Teba. Maybe a rem is the the, the, the teba was fifty ama long, which is a rem is to the tree of uh, of uh, Haman, which was fifty ama. Some say he actually took it from the teba of Noah. Okay, but I didn't get anywhere with that one. Lech lecha, bingo, bingo. All of a sudden, I get the parashat miketz, and all of a sudden I look through the parashat and I start to see a lot of remazim uh, that are connected to Purim. I came up. On my own, I have over here six, seven, seven remazim. I'd like to share them. I'd like to present the um, the proofs that I have, the evidence to the jury. Uh, this part over here, Parashat Miketz starts off, Bahim Miketz, Shanataim Yamim, Holem. It's after the two years, these are the two additional years that Yosef was in prison. After those two years were up, that means Parashat Miketz begins in the third year. And Megillat Esther opens up, So the Vaisorim is already. And then I started to look at some of the words in Parashat Miketz. And to my amazement, that some of the words that are in Parashat Miketz only appear. In the whole entire Tanakh in Megillat Esther, nowhere else. Example, uh, evidence number two. 
in Perek Mem Alef Pasuk Lamedalet. Yaase Faro, Vyefket Pekidim. Let Paro uh, do an action by appointing managers. These were managers that would deal with the seven years of plenty in order to take the food and store it for the seven years of famine. So he's telling Paro, comes the Balaturim and says, Bet There's only another time in Tanakh where we talk about Vyefked Pekidim. And where is that? And in this case, Hashverosh sought out managers to run the beauty pageant in order to find the most, you know, uh, beautiful or suitable girl after Vashti was killed. So says the Balaturim, His Pekidim is for a woman. At the end, I didn't know this, but he says, Haman, I mean, Hasverosh lost his wealth. He says, because when one goes after woman, Eventually, he goes after that and he loses his wealth. And that's why at the end of Megillat, the state, it says, mas. Why do you start charging taxes? Because his treasury dwindled. He says, but in this case over here, Yosef appoints Pekidim. And what's the purpose of those Pekidim? In order to amass wealth. And as a result of it, Yosef and the country became wealthy. The Pekidim of Ajverosh lead to his demise, and the Pekidim of Yosef lead to the, uh, uh, lead to the Beracha of Mitzrayim. Okay? So I see a connection. Next Pasuk. V'yikbesu et kol ochel. Next Pasuk is Lamidheh. V'yikbesu et kol ochel. Gather all the food. Balaturim again, bet b'masoret. There's only two of them in the masoret, and the other one is the megillah tester. Viikbesu et kol ochel. That's Yosef talking, and Ashverosh viikbesu et kol naara. Gather and collect all the maidens throughout the land and bring them to the beauty page. Viikbesu, viikbesu. Then you have one. Two, three. Number four. Perek mem gimal pasuk lamed alef. What happens in this pasuk? Binyamin comes down to Egypt. So the pasuk comes along and says that when Yosef sees Binyamin for the first time, he was very, very emotional. Vaybaher Yosef ki nichmeru rahamah. This pasuk lamer I'm reading now. Vaybakesh lefkot. He wanted to cry. He didn't see his brothers. He didn't see Benjamin for 20 years, more, 22 years. He wanted to cry. Vayevo ahadra. So he goes into the private room. Vayefkshama and he cries. Vayirchatz panav. He washes his face. Vayetzen. He comes out and he has to control himself not to break down. And the pasuk says, "Vayit apak." What does it mean, "Vayit apak"? He had to control himself, the whole back from, from from crying again. Comes the balaturim again, "Vayit apak." Where else do you see this word? Bet b'masoret. Again, only one other place in Tanakh. Ve'idach vayit apak haman. That Haman, after uh, the party of Ahasuerus, uh, when he had the party, when he came home, the pasuk says, "Vayitapak vayavo el beto." So again, this starts to cause to me that I'm getting a smell 
uh, out of this perasha that Purim is hiding around here. How could you have so many so coincidences, so many words? The, the Tanakh is big, the Tanakh is 24 books, many words. And so many of them have a, uh, a Kesher between Miketz and Megidat Esther. I found another one. After Yosef gives the advice to Paro about the dream, that's in Perek Mem Aleph Pasuk Lamidzayim. So the king hears the uh, the advice, and what does he say about the advice? Vayitav hadavar be'ene paro. Vayitav hadavar be'ene paro. And what do we have in uh, Megillat Esther? Vayitav hadavar be'ene amelech. Same exact terminology, but this one I think is the most telling. It's in Perek Mem Gimal Pasuk Yudalit. Rabotai, I need to get. Rid of the evidence first, because before I can tell you my uh, my proof of Haman or Purim and Torah Minayin, first I have to show you why I was attracted to this Pirasha. I'm making my case, although I made my case already, but I just want to buttress it with two more proofs. Perek mim gimal pasuk yudalid. What does it say there? The brothers come back to Yaakov Abinu and they say, listen, the viceroy in Egypt, he wants, uh, he wants to see uh, Binyamin. So Yaakov Abinu says, Binyamin, you're going to take Binyamin? Uh, Daddy, listen, if we don't take Binyamin down, it's going to be trouble for us. He's not going to let uh, uh, us get any more food. He's going to hold us captive. We have no choice. So what does Yaakov Abinu tell his children? The El Shaddai you should find mercy. In front of this man that you're going to. And I'm going to send you uh, my son uh, Benjamin. Regarding me, He says, but regarding me, just like I'm bereft of my son Yosef, I accept to be bereft of my son Benjamin, which means shacholti shacholti. Now that is very, very reminiscent to a pasuk in Megillat Esther. Let's review the story. Uh, Mordechai goes to Queen Esther and says, "You got to go into the king, and you have to petition him." She says, "What do you mean? I haven't been called uh, to the king, and if you go in unannounced, it's a death sentence." Let me wait. I haven't been called in 30 days. Eventually he'll call me and uh, Mordecai says, listen, it's either now or never. You want to be the one to bring the salvation? You go now. Otherwise, So Esther says, fine. But before I go in, I need Chayseth to pray. Fast for three days. Let them pray. I will go into the king unannounced. I'm going to go in. If the king is with me, then I lose you as my husband. And if the king kills me, then avati from Aulam. So therefore the same terminologies, shakholti, shakhalti, abati, abati, this already uh, tells me 
that we're getting very close in these parashiyot over here to Purim popping up uh, uh, in front of us. Furthermore, in this parasha, which is a, a rarity, don't think that any of these things I'm telling you, you're going to say, oh, that's a, I could find anything you said in any other parasha. You cannot. I'm telling you, I went to all the parashiyot. This is the only parasha where you see these things. How many brothers went down initially to see, uh, to get food in Egypt? Initially, before Binyamin. You got the right answer. It's ten. Binyamin didn't go down, and Yosef is in Egypt already. Ten brothers, or better, ten sons. If ten sons, how many parashiyot talk about ten sons? Very rarely. Bet b'mesora. Two in the mesora. That's my mesora. The other ten sons, Lehavdil, of course, would be the story of the ten sons of Haman. Haman Ha'etz, Haman Ha'etz. So therefore, again, you see a lot of parallels between the two stories. So, I go back to Parashat Mikes and I start to review the story. I know it's a winter parashat, we're not in this parashat this week, I, I understand that. And I know what's going to happen when you leave there, because what did the rabbi talk about? He gave us Hadushim and Parashat Miketz. Parashat Miketz? Miketz? What was he drinking? Parashat Miketz? He started already uh, Purim? What's Parashat Miketz? And then you're going to see that if you don't know Parashat Miketz, you don't know what Purim is. Because whenever we learn, we always want to find the source of it. I'm looking for it in the Torah, which means its roots. Purim already that you have a Migilat Esther is an after effect. Migilat Esther already is after the fact, but the, the DNA of it, I believe, is here. One part of the parasha that should disturb all of us, Perek Memhe Pasuk Bet. It's all in the kids. Memhe The Pasuk says, that Yosef HaSadiq tells the brothers, perfect, he tells the brothers, bring me down Benjamin, bring me down your younger brother. There's a big question here. Yosef has to know what type of anguish that's going to cause to Yaakov Abinu. Why does he demand Benjamin to come down? Why can't he just say immediately, Ani Yosef, that's it, let's stop over here. Ani Yosef, go back to your father, tell him I'm alive, bring your brother back down, everybody will happily be after. Instead, he's dragging this out, knowing that when the brothers will tell Yaakov that he wants to bring Benjamin down, I mean, Yaakov said, He said, he, he was very, very hesitant. Why would Yosef do this? The Ramban answers this question. The Ramban says, Yosef was dealing with dreams. And he knew that the dreams that he had were prophecies. And he knew that these dreams have to be realized. And he knew that he's not allowed to interfere with these dreams happening. And in the dreams he saw that 11 brothers will bow down to him. 
besides his father. So therefore, when the ten brothers came down and they bowed to him, that's not the dream. He didn't have a dream of ten brothers bowing down. So he has no choice. Now even if it's going to cause his father tsar, but he has no right to, uh, to sidestep a prophecy because of his father. The prophecy has to come true. So the Ramban says, he asked for Binyamin, and when Binyamin came, eleven bowed. Check it off. Now we can call Yaakov. That's a simple explanation. That's what Ramban says. Beautiful Pshat. But there's deeper reasons why Yosef would call Benjamin down. Benjamin comes down. Torah says, when they sit down at the uh, Seuda, I'm looking at Perek again, Memhe Chafbet. They sit down at the Seuda, and the Pasuk writes, Lechulam Natan Laish Halifot Semalot. He gives out Semalot, uh, he gives them clothes. Well, Binyamin Natan Shelosh Meot Kesef, Vehamesh Halifot Semalot. At the Binyamin, Binyamin gets five, uh, five suits. He gets five times what everybody else gets. Now, uh, the Gemara cannot believe it. The Gemara in Megillah, on Daf Tetzayim, on the bottom says, Lechulam natan laish halifot semalot, ul binyamin natan hamesh halifot. Efshar. Davar If anybody knows not to show favoritism to one brother against another, it's Yosef. Yosef was the victim of the favoritism. The Torah comes along and says that because his father gave him a keton pasim, which is a few inches more of material that covers the pasiyad, for that the brothers were jealous of him by Kanubo, by Yisneuoto, and now Yosef, in front of all the brothers, instead of giving each one one suit, he gives Binyamin five. The Gemara cannot accept it. If Shad Dabashin Tzadik, he was sold because of this uh, uh, behavior. Yikashelbo, and he makes the same blunder. That's the Gemara's question, and uh, obviously it's a very strong question. In order to understand this Rabotai, in order to understand this, we need a um, we need an introduction. Oh, we need an introduction. It seems that from the beginning of time, the Jewish people would need to endure Galut. It seems that when God created the heavens and the earth, at that moment it already was determined that the Jews are going to enter not one Galut, but four Galuyot. How do we know this? 
right in the beginning of the Torah it says, Ve'aris hayita tohu vavohu ve'choshech al penetehom. The Midrash writes, Tohu is Galut Bavel. Vabohu ze Galut Parasu Madai. Hoshech ze Galut Yavan. Alpenet Tehom, Tehom is the abyss, ze Galut Romi, which is the longest of all the Galuyo. That means it seems that Galut is a process. It's a necessary process to bring the Jewish people to the Tikkun. To ultimately reach the Geulah, the Mashiach, the Hayat Amitim, the Olam Abba. It cannot be avoided. Just like Hashem creates the Shamaim Ba'aris, at that moment He put into the world Tohu, Bohu, Choshech, Tehom, Arbagaluyot. There was a rabbi called Rabhaim Vital. Rabhaim Vital is a student of Rabbi Ari. Rabhaim Vital says something incredible. He says, for Galuyot, you're missing the main Galut. Galut Mitzrayim. What happened to Galut Mitzrayim? That's the one we make such a fuss over. We have a holiday for Galut Mitzrayim. Lel Pesach, we recollect it. Everything is Zekel Itziah Mitzrayim. And it's not counted as one of the Galuyot. So Chaim Vital says, aha, that's the mother of all the Galuyot. Which means... The, the DNA or the protoplasm of all Galut is Mitzrayim. That's the mother. And from Mitzrayim is born the other four. So therefore, if you remember Mitzrayim, you're actually connecting to all the four Galuyot. And he said the following. He said, each Galut is represented in one of the letters of Hashem's holy name, Yud Kevavke. Yud is Galut Babel, the first He is Parasumadai, the Vav would be Yavan, and the final He, which we're in now, is Galut Romi. Yud Kevavke. So he asks of Hayim Vital, where's Galut Mitzrayim? He says, Galut Mitzrayim is the Kutsoshil Yud. On top of the Yud, there's a, a tail that comes out of the top of the Yud. Shene'emar Vayakutsu Mepene Bene Yisrael. He says the Egyptians are Vayakutsu. They come from the, the court. And that's, the, that's the, the, the root. That's like the, the seed. And from that court comes all the other Galuyot. That's why Rav Chida writes, when the Jews went down to Egypt, what does the Pasuk say in the beginning of Shemot? Ve'ele Shemot b'nei Yisrael, Habaim Mitzrayim. The Chida says, what does it mean Habaim? Ba'im Rashetevot. Bavel Edom, Yavan, and Madai. The Ele Shemot is Habaim Mitzrayma. This is when they came out to Mitzrayim, they actually were entering four Galuyot. The Galuyot that were experienced. Furthermore, with this it answers a very, very strong question. Everybody knows that on Leil Seder, we drink four Kosot. I asked a simple question. I'm not against making a toast. Go to a wedding, you say, Rabotai, please everybody lift their cups up. I want to make a toast to the new couple. They should, you know, build a bite, their man. They should be happy and healthy, and everybody should, uh, you know, celebrate in their uh, semachot. Hi, and everybody drinks. Now, imagine five minutes later, I'd like to make a toast to the bride. Hey, enough already. How many toasts you want to make over here? You made a toast, sit down. <clears throat> and Lil said that we make not one toast, but we make four toasts. Rabotai, the father says, everybody lift the cups up. 
Daddy, I'm okay. The first cup, okay. The second, third, four times. Based on what I'm telling you now, that since Yitziat Mitzrayim, or the Galut of Mitzrayim represents <clears throat> the entrance of the four Galuyot, so Yitziat Mitzrayim must signify not only leaving Egypt, because if we got out of the mother, that means we're going to get out of the children. So the first cup we say, Rabotai, here's the Galut Bavel. Hi, I'm drink to that. The second cup, Rabotai, Parasumadai, Yemachshemo, Haman, Azverosh, Madrik Tarat. Third one, Yavan, Madrik Tahanukah. The fourth one, it's pending, but already on the night it says, Benisan Nigalu, Benisan Adinim Nigael. Madrik Tarat already as well. The Borinam will redeem us. So you see the four Kosot, which incidentally is connected the four Lishonot Shel Geulah. What do you need for the shonot on one uh, on one situation? Because that one situation was the prototype of all the four redemption that we're gonna have. Hotseti keneged bavel, mitzalti keneged parasumadai, vegealti keneged yavar, etc. And nakati keneged malkut rom yadisham. That's a very important yisod. We look at Mitzrayim as the mother exile, and everything else follows as such. <clears throat> if that's the case, I'm going to tell you now something that I read from the Belzer Rebbe. <clears throat> Not the current Belzer Rebbe, probably the grandfather, the great friend, the Sar Shalom Mibelz. Sar Shalom was a holy man. Malruha Kodesh, without a doubt. And he says a very, very, very big chintush. He says, yes, indeed, Egypt represents not one exile, but it represents what's in its belly. And the belly of Egypt is four exiles. And the Jews would have to enter four exiles. They would go down as a nation to Babel, they would survive Babylon and come back to Israel. They would be exiled to Parasumadai. They would come back. Then you would have Galut Yavan. And then they would come back, and then you would have Galut Romi. Four exiles. So he went to these Parashiyot, and he finds something amazing. How many times did the Jewish people, as a nation, go down to Egypt? And he says, well, the first time they went down is when Yaakov sent down the children to go get food. That's the first time they went. And they left Egypt to go back to their father. That's it. They went down, they went in, and they left. At that point, they told their father that we have to bring Binyamin. Binyamin is requested. So they went down again with Binyamin, and then Yosef says, now go back and bring your father. That's the second time. Now they come down a third time with Yaakov and the whole family. Yaakov Abinu dies, they all leave to bury him. That's the third time. They come back to Egypt a fourth time, and then you have the final exile after 210 years, and they all leave. So the Sar Shalom Bell says, not only is it represented in the four but you see that they went down four times. 
which is incredible, and they left four times. So they were, it's, it's not by coincidence, it's not by, by, by chance. This happens by design. Oh, so he comes along and he says, once we know this, that means the first time they went down is Keneged Galut Bavel. The second time they went down is Keneged Galut Palasumadai. Stop right there. You see, I knew I knew I was onto something. I knew Purim was in Parashat Miketz, but I didn't know where. I said there's so many different words in Parashat Miketz that are in the Gilat Esther, but I couldn't pinpoint. I needed to sharpen the the microscope a little better to find the zone in where. And now when I saw the Sar Shalom bells, he says, "Wait," he says. The second time they went down, that's the second Galut, Parasumadai. And the second time they went down, who did they bring? Binyamin. So I said, now we have to look right there. Let's get to those Pesukim with Binyamin. And we're going to find Purim right over there. You understand why I got tipped off? Once the Sar Shalom tells me each time they went down, it's going to Galut. So I know Galut Parasumadai is in that second trip down. And that second trip down, the primary thing that stands out with that trip was Benjamin. Now watch. I go back to the Gemara. And the Gemara comes along and it says, uh, Benjamin comes down, Yosef can't control himself. They sit down to a Sauda. And at the Sauda, the Pasuk says that he gives out gifts. Like we said, he gives Binyamin five times what he gave the brothers. So the Gemara says, how can he do it? He's going to arouse the jealousy like, like, like what happened to him. The Gemara says, Amar Rav Binyamin Bariyafet. Remez Ramazlo. Sha'atid ben latset mimenu shiyetsem in nefneha melech bahamishal bushem malchut. Shneemar, umordechai yatsa bilbush malchut, echelet barut, echelet bargaman, bateret zab, echelet bush bargaman. Vahir shushan, salam e sameha. When Yosef saw Binyamin come down, he saw Galut Parasumadai. When Benjamin sat down at the Saudah, he didn't see Benjamin. You know who he saw? Mordechai. He saw Mordechai. Mordechai is there. Now the brothers don't see anything. But Yosef, he sees the whole story. And that's why he asked for Benjamin to come down. He needs Benjamin to come down because he has to come down as a separate coming. He cannot come down with the whole family. Then you're not going to have the four Galuyot. Yosef needs to orchestrate so therefore what happens Benjamin comes down Yosef goes to the room is okay now uh, I need to prepare what's the Shem Yehud? I yes he comes says that over there all the brothers giving out gifts all of a sudden he says come here Benjamin you get five when he was giving him five we know what he did in the Gilat Esther after the miracle happens, the king comes to Mordechai and he gives him five royal garments. 
What did, where did Mordechai merit these five royal garments? Those five royal garments, when the Pasuk says he gave Binyamin the five garments, that was an ultimate taken. That's the five garments. He wasn't trying to arouse jealousy. This was already making a uh, tremendous tikkun. Oh, but watch. Watch this. After he gives him the five, uh, the five items, I see an unbelievable pasuk over here. The pasuk says, "Vayishtu." Ah, they drank. What did they drink? Maybe they drank, uh, you know, water. Maybe they drank uh, bubbly. What did they drink? So the sheep comes along and says, "Vayishtu." Yain. Now this is very, very rare, because the she writes, Umiyom shemachruhu, from the day that the brothers sold Yosef, lo shatu yayin, they didn't drink wine. Velo hu shatayayin, nor did Yosef. They were nizirin for 22 years. All of a sudden at this Saudah, Yosef opens up bottles of wine, we're going to drink. Which holiday do we drink wine? So I got excited, but I said, it's no proof. Every holiday we drink wine. But Pesach, we don't drink wine? Of course we do. So maybe it was Pesach. Shabbat, we drink wine. Uh, Shavuot, you have to make Kiddush on wine. Sukkot, you have to make Kiddush on wine. So when it says Vayishtu, I got excited when she said Yayin. Oh, there it is, Purim, right there. He had a Seudah with Purim, Mordechai already prepared Vayishtu. Uh, but I, 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 on purpose, I'm not telling you the last word of the pasuk. The pasuk says, "Vayishtu, vayishkeru." They got drunk. Shamu shavayim. What does the Torah ever tell you that the tzaddikim sit down and they get drunk? Vayishkeru. There's only one holiday. That you have to be vayishtu and vayishkiru. Now, you can be mahmir on the other holidays, but that's, you know, that's extra credit. But there's one holiday that the Gemara says, mehayev inish lebesume bepuria, ad de lo yada. So Yosef all of a sudden says that, he says, abotai, we're not having wine over here, lechbod de kiddush over here. This is a vayishtu, vayishkiru. And therefore he established at that point, Saudat Purim, with Binyamin, with all the trimmings. And this is happening at the exact moment, the second time they came down, which is exactly Keneged, Parasumadai. So it's right here. But the question that remains, the question that remains, strong question. Why is it Yosef has to establish Purim? My first initial answer is, well, all the other holidays were taken. Avraham, it says, established Pesach, when he gave the angels uh, Matzot. Yitzhak established Shavuot. After Akedah Yitzhak, they took the horns, and those were the Shofarot that they used at Har uh, Sinai, Shavuot. Yaakov, it says, he built Sukkot. So therefore, he established, all the holidays were taken already. Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. So what's left? Oh, you can make uh, Hanukkah. Okay, or you can do Purim. So Yosef decided to take Purim. Now he looked at the list, we didn't take him. Asma'ut is not taking. So he took, uh, 
it took it took forty. But there's a deep explanation. There's a deep explanation. What is Yosef doing with Puri? I found a midrash. This is one of the papers that that came down this week from the uh, upper worlds. The midrash is an incredible midrash. Amar it's in midrash Esther Raba. Amar of Hanin. Man da Amar Rahmana Vatran Yevatrumeohi. Anybody that thinks that God is a Vatran, Vatran means he just closes his eyes and lets things slide, he's going to slide. Yevatrumeohi. Which means Boreolam is justice. He doesn't close his eyes to anything. Which means if there's an open bill, the bills don't have to be paid. He doesn't say, oh, forget about it. If there's justice that needs to be met, it's going to be met. But the Midrash says, Aval, however, Ma'arich Ruchay. Ma'arich Ruchay means he's patient. He doesn't ex- execute justice right away. He's patient. So he comes along and he says the Midrash, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu L'Shvatim. God goes to the tribes. Atem mechartem et achichem mitoch ma'achal umishte. You did two crimes. Number one, you sold your brother Yosef. But how you sold them? After they sold their brother, they went and it says they made a sa'udah. But Allah said, you just did the worst crime and you can go now make a Saudah. So God says, that needs, somebody's going to have to pay that bill. That's an open bill. What goes around, comes around. They had a meal, and in that meal what happened? Haman buys the nation from Ahasuerus like Esther would say Ki nimkarnu ani ve'ami lehashmid leharog ulabed the nation was sold to genocide over ma'achalu mishteh this mitrash is telling us that you know what the impetus of the gezerah of Haman was stated back from the times of what the Shabbatim did Bori Olam says, you sold your brother over a Saudah, you're going to get sold over a Saudah. But Yuchluva Yishtu, there's going to be Meshteh Hayayin. And this time, it's you, the Shebatim, that are going to get sold. And you're going to get sold to the enemy. Just like you sold your brother to the enemy. And then the Midrash comes along and says, <laughs> the Midrash comes along and says, and this is the punishment after Yosef said, don't worry about it. Because Yosef told the brothers, don't worry about it, I have no claims. So the Midrash concludes and says, The bill was opened from Mechirat Yosef to Mordechai. And then the Midrash ends, Imagine if somebody committed a crime and didn't get forgiveness. Yosef forgave them and still look what happened. When I saw this, 
I start to see the connection is very strong. Yosef HaSadiq, he had a connection to the story of Purim. It was as a result of his sale that brought the whole Gezerah. Yosef must have felt responsible. Because after all, the Pasuk says, Yosef He was tattling on the brothers. So Yosef as Sadiq felt, although the brothers were guilty, but Yosef said, the Sadiqim always uh, scrutinizing their behavior. And Yosef says, well, I maybe aroused their jealousy. And therefore Yosef says, I caused this to happen. And therefore I need to make the ultimate tikkun. So Yosef goes into his room and he says, who's going to make this tikkun? The Meshach Ochmas says something beautiful. He says, the sin of the selling of the brothers, I'm paraphrasing his words now, that Avon, it's like a, uh, how should I explain it? It's like a dormant virus or, or a wound. And from time to time, oh, you know what the best way to explain it? An ulcer, Abdil. You know, a person who has an ulcer, yeah, most of the time, it's quiet, it doesn't bother. Most of the eats the wrong food, the thing flares up, and the, the guy's in the, the guy's bizarre. They ate the wrong food. But it's there always, it just doesn't bother him. That's the mashah. The sale of Yosef becomes an ulcer on Klai Yisrael. Any time Klai Yisrael is involved in Sinat Hinam amongst themselves, or divisiveness, the ulcer of Bechirat Yosef starts to flare up. And Borei says, not only am I punishing you for this, you're getting punished for that as well. It, it, it haunts us, this Avon. You see it from the Midrash. That's why, says the Meshach Ochmah, if you look at Megillat Esther, when Haman goes to Hashverosh, what does he say? Yeshno amechad mefozar umforad. The Jewish people are scattered. I always understood it, they're scattered geographically. They're all over the place, and every, every one of the 127 Midinot. But the Mefashim saw, no, Haman was saying, they're scattered amongst themselves. Meaning, there's divisiveness amongst them. And Haman knew that if Am Yisrael is divided, the ulcer is flaring up. There'll be a kitrug from Mechilat Yosef, and we can get them. They're vulnerable, they're susceptible. How do we know? Amalek, it says, we're going to read on Shabbat or on Purim. Where did they fight? the Jewish people, Amalek, the Torah tells us the city. But I looked on the map, and there's no such city. It says, Vayilachem Yisrael Berfidim. What's the Rifidim? So the Zorah Kadosh says, the word Rifidim, actually is root word, I always thought Rifidim is Rafu, they became weak. So there's no. Rifidim is Milashon Pirud. Pirud is divisiveness. Amalek, whenever it sees Klai Israel is divided amongst themselves, they can attack. Why? Because the wound is opened. The ulcer is, is, is hurting them. We can attack. 
Haman was a grandson of Amalek. He's from Rifidim. Mefuzan of Chorad. Bingo. Yosef saw this. Yosef is watching the whole movie of Purim before it happened. He's looking at the big Megillat estate in front of him. And he says, wow, we're in trouble. He says, this Pirud, what they did to me, is going to bite them in the times of Megillat estate. Because they're going to have Pirud also. And this, what happened with me and the brothers, is going to be the cause of a Gezerah. I'll take a coffee. But I have enough competition. <laughs> so he says, I need to make a tikkun over here. Who is the most suitable one to make a tikkun? The most suitable one to make tikkun for the head of Yosef? is the one that wasn't involved in it. Says Rav Hida in Midbal Kedemot, Ulfi shita zu, kol ha-galuyot hayu ba'avon mechirat Yosef. All the galuyot ultimately come back to that avon. Gam gezerat haman, amru be'ester, we just read it in Midrash, shahaya al-mechirat Yosef. That's why it makes sense. Yosef Yosef is looking, who should he nominate to be the savior in, in Megillat? says, Mordechai, Ben Yair, Ben Shem'i, Ben Kish, Ish Yemini, Hisham Ben Yamin, and Esther is of the same tribe. These two represent the peace. And therefore, they're nominated on that Sa'udah, when they made the Sa'udah Purim in the times of Yosef, they're nominated. Now watch what happens. This is a very, very important part of the story. Yosef is sitting there and says, listen, I, had, I, I caused it. This, we caused it together. The brothers, this Avon, it caused it. My Pirud, or the brothers' Pirud, of Vaykanu, Vayisnu, Vayimkiru, we're going to get sold because of this. We're going to get sold to the hands of Haman, over a Mishter. So what happens? Yosef says the tikkun over here is if I can make the tikkun, if I can bring those Jews and that generation to unity, I'll get saved. So what does he do? This I heard from a rabbi, Acham Baruch Shalom. He calls the brothers to sit down at a meal. Acham Baruch used to tell us, what is a real Baal Teshuvah? A real Baal Teshuvah, not a guy who goes like this, he plays the, the drums on his heart. A real Baal Teshuvah is somebody that is brought to the same scenario again. And this time, because of the Teshuvah, he desists. He controls himself. Hachamaruch would call that, in the language of the Rambam, Teshuvah Mishkal. What does it mean Teshuvah Mishkal? You have a scale. 
If I put a five pound weight on the scale, to balance you have to put another five pound weight on the other one. Now it's even. Which means you have to be put in the same situation, under the same uh, 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 scenario, deja vu. And if you overcome it, now you're about to shubah. What happens? Yosef sits down with the brothers. And all of a sudden, Yosef says, Okay, listen. They were jealous because their father gave me an extra piece of garment. Let me create now deja vu. Teshuvah mishkal to see if they're really Bali Teshuvah. He calls them all together. And in front of all of them, he says, And you, Binyamin, you get five. Now Yosef walks out. He wants to see what the brothers are going to say. If the brothers come along and say, What do you get five for? You're the youngest one. We brought you down over here. Give it to us. What you get five for? You're your kid. We're taking it from you. Then Yosef would have said, Finished. I tried to make peace amongst the brothers. I cannot make the peace. And if I cannot make the peace, there's no Nespurim. There's no Nespurim. Because the Nespurim only came after Queen Esther says, Lech kenos et The Atam Sofer says, the fast was important, but more important than the fast was kenos. Where did Esther get this power to lech kenos? That's what Yosef was trying to do here. If he could be kenos et kola Yehudim in that room, that's Ma'asevot Siman Lebanim, Esther will be able to be kenos, all the Jews. So he's waiting to see the reaction. You know what the brothers do? They tell Binyamin, Baruch Abba, Sahter, enjoy it. You're lucky man, Baruch Abba. At that point, my rabbi used to say, that was Teshuvah Tamishkar. They were put in the same situation as they were, and this time, instead of getting jealous, there was no Vaykanu, there was no Vayisne'u, and there was no Vayimkiru. Nowhere in the text does it say the brothers had any negative reaction against Binyamin. At that point... The brothers became united and they fixed the sin. You know what happened as a result? You know what Yosef did when he saw that? He said, I'm going to have a drink of wine. I didn't drink wine in 22 years, but now that I see they made teshuvah, now it's the time we can have a cup of wine. And the brothers, when they saw that they were able to make teshuvah tamishkal, they drank as well. Because now Yosef knew the miracle of Purim is finished. We have made the tikkun of Mefuzar and Furad, and therefore in the times of Ahasuerus, they're going to be separated, it's going to wake up the ulcer of this Mechira, but because I was able to settle the peace over here by doing this experiment, of putting them back in history, in deja vu, create a jealous situation and see if they can overcome it, at that point, they fulfilled Says the That's why on Purim we give Mishloach Manot That's why we have Sauda Mishpacha Mishpacha. That's why you matanot because the whole key is to make the tikkun of Chet Yosef. And how do you make the tikkun of Chet Yosef? Be'ahdut, be'shalom, be'ahba. And therefore, Rabotai, if you look at the end of Parashat Miketz which is again, the template of the whole Purim is Parashat Miketz. How does the Parashat end? 
Yosef tells the brothers, "Ve'atem alu leshalom el avichem." The parasha ends with the word shalom. And go look at the last pasuk in Megillat Esther. Megillat Esther ends as well. Ki Mordechai Yehudi Mishne Lamelech Hashverosh VeGadol Yehudim VeNatsui LeRovehav Dover Shalom. Just like the parashah Miketz ends with the inyan of Shalom because that's the key of Purim. The key of Purim is Dover Shalom. In order to metaken the head of Mechirat Yosef, so we do all these behaviors on Purim in order to bring the people close together. So the Aniim will not be jealous, we give them money, so they don't have a pirud against the rich guy, we make them happy also. On Purim, the rich guy and the poor guy get together. Normally the, rich, the poor guy is jealous of the rich guy. Now, look at our Purim, whenever he comes, we give him, he's happy, he walks away. The people themselves, Mishpacha, Mishpacha, and the Sauda, Sauda, Mishpanoch, Manotish, Rehu. And that's the key. And that's the great lesson. Purim is to metaken the head of Mechirat Yosef. And therefore I go back, not to the Gemara's question, to my question. Purim min ha-Torah min ha-Hayin. That's a new one. Now we have to put an amendment. Purim min ha-Torah min ha-Hayin. Purim min ha-Torah min ha-Hayin. Perashat Miketz. If you learn that Perashat correctly, now you understand what the holiday signifies and what its tikkun is. I pray that once we understand the roots of the Hag, Be'azat Hashem, we should make this tikkun of Ahaba ve'ahaba ve'shalom ve'ri'ud. And then the Pasukh will be fulfilled. Ve'rav shalom banayich. There will be peace amongst our members. And then God will bless us as the Pasukh says, Hasam givulek shalom. Chalit chitim yasbi'ech. He'll bless us with chalit chitim, with tremendous berakat parnasa. As the Pasukh ends and says, Adonai uz la'amu yitin. Adonai barikhet amu ba'shalom.